One of the biggest choices we can make in our lives is to be a parent. And as parents, we have the responsibility to care for our children and teach them, even when what we need to teach them might be difficult to talk about at first. For my guest today, Serena Vincent, she realized following George Floyd's death that as a mom, she wasn't doing enough to teach her child about diversity. And that horrific moment in history gave her the push she needed to make a difference. You're listening to We Need to Talk. So you Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. My guest today is an actress and author. She's best known for her roles on Power Rangers and Stuck in the Middle. And today she's here to talk about her new children's book, Everybody Has a Belly Button. Serena Vincent, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Melinda. I'm really grateful to to speak with you about this. Absolutely. You do so much and I understand that (laughs) you are an actress, you're a podcast host, you're an author, and you're a mom, which is the most important job that that we can have, of course. And I, one of the things I really love about people that are involved in a lot of different mediums is when they use their platforms to educate and to bring awareness. And I know that 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people, not only the pandemic, but also there was a huge shift culturally um, when George Floyd died. And you were one of those people that, that had a shift in just everything in awareness. And that situation inspired you to write your new children's book, Everybody Has a Belly Button. But what was it about that specific situation that made you want to do something to bring awareness? Oh, wow. It, um, it just sort of happened, you know, intuitively as I watched in horror with the rest of the world, what was going on. You know, I was watching it on the news with um, the murder of George Floyd. At that time, my son, Nico, was um, 14 months old. So he was in the high chair and I was feeding him and literally like saying like, this is your nose, you know, here's your belt pointing. This is your, here's your belly button. Here's your nose. Here's your eyes. Here's, you know, how we teach our kids where their body parts are. It was at, that, that was the phase, the phase I was in. Yeah. And I watched in horror, um, uh, you know, what, what, what happened that day that none of us will ever forget. And I was like, no, what am I doing right this second to teach my 14 month old about skin color, about race, about Mm. racism, about equality, about equity, about all of it. What am I doing? Nothing. I wasn't doing anything Mm. until then. I mean, we, I grew up Italian and like, we have a lot of like culture and different, like different, all different colors and races and, and friends and people in our lives, but I wasn't really calling it out, you know? And, um, I, it just sort of hit me. It came to me that like right now is the time, just as I teach him about where his body parts are, I should also be teaching him about, um, our skin color, our similarities and our differences and what that means. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I just made up this little poem and he loved it. And then I put him down for a nap and I wrote it. I literally wrote the book like mm-hmm. in a nap. And so I felt like it was um, just that one of those creative inspired moments where I was so devastated that um, out came this just one tiny piece. It's right. This yeah. is just like a tiny conversation starter that to, if, if this book helps parents start the conversation about pointing out differences and similarities, then, then yay. 
because yeah. we all need to start somewhere. Absolutely. And I, I personally love that you chose a children's book because I think, you know, that is the age when you should start having these conversations, you know, when it is that innocence and they actually don't really know, but you're bringing them into the world to say, Hey, this is how everybody is. This is how we treat people. And I think that that is such a beautiful thing. And I know you mentioned your family, you know, growing up around a lot of cultures, but what were conversations about race and equality like in your household when you were growing up? Well, that's the a great question. That's the thing is, um, there, there weren't any really, mm. Not, not in the way that we're having them now. I mean, I think, I think um, we're going through a really tragic, terrible time. But I also think we have um, a whole um, movement of parents that are parenting more consciously and are having these conversations. But, um, you know, my mother was a dance teacher and she taught all the kids in the Las Vegas Valley dance class. We just, we had all kinds of different people in our lives. Um, but um, I went to a school that, it's, this was really interesting. I went to a school that um, in Las Vegas where all of the schools in North Las Vegas, which would be the, which were sort of the lower income part of town, um, mainly black and Latino Latinx communities. Mm-hmm. Um, they bust all of the kids from those areas into our, like where, where into like the spring, wherever, middle-class neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. And so we all went to school together, Okay, which was really, really cool. Right. I didn't even know that, 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 that the city was doing that until sixth grade, sixth grade, they turned all the schools in the lower income areas of town into sixth grade centers. And then we all went to sixth grade in the lower income areas. And that was my first time riding a bus and my first time seeing where my friends that I went to school with actually live, mm. you know, cause I went, K, I'm talking about like K through five. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was an extremely empathetic child. And like, I intuitively knew, Oh, I remember feeling like, Oh, we don't have the same opportunities. Mm. And, um, but I didn't, I, I couldn't like articulate that stuff. Right. In those kinds of words, but I remember feeling that. Yeah. And then I remember thinking, oh, I, I like later on because I felt so much. Oh, maybe that means I'm like colorblind. And no, right? We've learned a lot in these like last in this last year. That's not the right thing to say right. or think. And um so anyway, to an- long-winded answer to your question, we weren't having the kind of conversations in my house that I want to be having with my 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 child uh now, you know. Um I, I have a group of a very loving, wonderful, wonderful family, but, um, you know, we were talking about how I think that in the serious way that we need to talk about systemic yeah. racism. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that in part, the reason we're having those conversations more is just because we are exposed to it more through social media and how we are inter- in, you know, interacting with each other? Or do you think that back then there was just kind of like, if you don't talk about it, it's not a thing. It's a really good question. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I used to hear stories about like from my grandfather, him telling stories, like his best friend was black and was mm-hmm. in a, and he owned a bar, but then like, he couldn't, he could like work at the bar, but like, couldn't do other things together. Yeah. And, and, and like, and that like broke my heart. Like I would hear stories like that. So I don't know what, what's happening now. I mean, I think social media is like, 
a blessing and a curse. Yes, um, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but whatever it is, that's making us talk about it more and making white people like more <laughs> part, you know, active and, in, in um, I, I think the white people, I think that, um, we don't know what to say. Right. And so you, just, you say nothing, but that's not the right thing to do either. Right. 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 Anyway, right. I, I, I just, um, am happy that we are talking about what needs to be talked about. And I think it's really important that if we can teach our kids all the things that we teach them from the time they're teeny tiny babies, then why can't we teach them about this immediately? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, as I mentioned, and you know, you weren't alone in being one of those people that felt motivated to kind of spring into action after this horrific situation happened. And so many people were, it was a light bulb for them to realize, oh, this country has so much work to do, right? And, yeah. and and it's unfortunate because I know my parents, you know, they grew up in Mississippi and Louisiana and the South. And for them, like my dad was very emotional because he was a teenager when the situation with Emmett Till happened. And so for him, he was like, that was my George Floyd, you know? And they were just, they were so heartbroken because they didn't think having their two daughters would ever have to witness that type of, of thing that they witnessed when they were our age. Right. So to me, it's such a, obviously a horrible situation, but in a way, um, I, I feel grateful that the light bulb came on for so many people because it, look how long it took. And it, and I hate that it had to come down to the death of of a human being for people to, to make that change. But we have come, you know, a long way. I feel like even since 2020, you know, in the last two years, a lot of people have made some progress. But my question to you is how have you managed to find a balance between feeling like, you know, through writing a book that you're not capitalizing on a serious situation, but you're using the situation to bring awareness? You know, it's real. It's a really good question. Like I talked to my publicist about this. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say that I, I, maybe I shouldn't mention the George Floyd thing at all because I don't want that to seem, Mm -hmm. I don't want it to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Like I, I also don't want to like, I am a white woman. I am a privileged white woman. I mean, I'm a st- also a starving artist hustling. Yeah, like, right. Everything. Absolutely. No, like, Absolutely. But, but like, let's like, that's in this situation, that's what I am. And I don't want it to come off that way. Um, and um, so I just hope that, I mean, I, um, I like to think that I am authentic and honest and, and um, I don't do things unless it comes from a place of authenticity for sure I won't even um you know I, I can't even fake it in a in a <laughs> when I'm acting yeah um, yeah so I I hope that um I hope that people will find the beauty in this book and I I am I it's I wrote it for every baby on the planet and every baby to come I wrote it for our children yeah it's something for parents to read you know um I guess I guess that I was concerned about that. I was concerned about that. And I guess I don't really know how to answer that. Well, you know, if people find the book moving and their children like it, then, then it'll, you know, soften that. (laughs) From my viewpoint, what I found to be very authentic about it is because you're a mom and you had that realization of, you know what? And especially, I know so many mothers, it clicked for them when George Floyd was calling out for his mother. going to say that he I was a new mother yeah and 
when it, when he he was calling for mama i'm like you know it's like there there was that meme going around like all the mothers of the world like were on fire like lit yeah. from the inside and that's yeah um and so yeah, that's what i appreciate about it because you're like oh you you were able to to have empathy in that moment and be like if that were my child like you know what I mean? And I think that that's, was a, that's what was a light bulb moment for a lot of people that yeah. like, oh, that's what connects all of us. We all have a mother. We all, we all have, have a father. You know what I mean? So for you to create this book with something as, as, as simple as a belly button, I, I love that. Like when I, when I read the title, I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. Because I think the more people realize what our similarities are, I think that that's what's going to get us to a place of more racial unity in the future. And, you know, we know that our children are who they learn from, right? And that's why I think that this this book is a really great way to start conversations. But for parents that are having a difficult time having those conversations, how would you encourage them to just start, whether it's with your book or not, but how would you encourage them to start, especially if they're coming from a place of privilege? Great great question. Well, I think there's a lot of other books out there that probably go deeper than, than every, than my book. Everybody has a belly button, like anti-racist baby just like calls it out. And I read Mm -hmm. that book to my son. And, um, and so that, that, that's a favorite in our house. And, um, but what I love about our book, and I want to talk about the art for a second. Yeah. It was really important to me to, um, find an artist of color. I wanted a black woman to do the art. And so our, my publisher and I, my editor and I, we reached out to a lot of different artists and we got a lot of passes. And, um, and so I just scoured Instagram. I love it. And, um, That's one of the blessings of social media right there. Oh my gosh. And I found <laughs> Zoe Hunter who is extraordinary. She's an extraordinary young artist and she brought this to life in such a magical way. And I wanted, it was very important to me that every baby can see themselves, you know, see themselves in there. You know, you're a mom. Babies love to see other babies, right? So the book is full of babies, all all colors, all shades, all all sizes, hair, eyes, all of it. And um, she did such a brilliant job bringing it to life that um, I just got them in hand, right? You know, last night and I read it to Nico last night he's seen the pictures like as we're going through like on my phone but like we got to hold it last night Mm. and we stopped on every page and he was pointing things out and so I think that this it's a really like whimsical lyrical rhyme about the rainbow of skin colors and our similarities and differences but I think if you stop on every page and you really like look at the different um, there's also a page, a spread in here with different types of families, two moms and two dads. And, and it, it's everything, right? That if you, that there are, uh, are so many deeper conversations to have with this book, within this book. Yeah. With, you know, um, so I, um, I did it last night with my child. So um, I love that. Because, you know, we, it's not just about skin color. It's about just, there's a, we have some deep problems. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> you, you got to start somewhere. And I, yeah. and I do yeah. love that. This is a great starter conversation for sure. But I do want to go back to Zoe. Cause I do love that you picked, she's a young black talented female illustrator, but what was it about her illustrations and her artwork that you were really drawn to for your book? I wanted, 
I wanted something that felt whimsical and, and watercolors. And I just had this like picture in my head and my editor had the same vision. And, um, so I, um, it was just like there, she was like the one, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I love I, that. Yeah. And I, I was searching Twitter. I was searching Instagram and I was searching the hot, the hashtag drawing while black. It's a hashtag. Wow. And, yeah. um, and that's how I found her. Amazing. And, um, and she's extraordinary. She's extraordinary. Yeah. And she's. And only 18, which is only 18. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I love that. And I love that you gave her that opportunity. And I'm sure she's, I may, I can only imagine how honored she is to be a part of this. Well, look, like I couldn't have done it without her. Like this is, this was collaborative. I wrote the words, but like, it's a picture book for babies. You don't, can't have a picture book without the pictures. So it is 50, a hundred percent, you know? And, um, so, uh, yeah, we're we're a we're a team. I hope to do more books with her. Yeah, I hope to make it a thing, you know. Yeah, make it a series of of yeah. teaching tools in a fun exactly. way. I think that's great. Yeah. We need more books like that. We do. We truly do. And I, I love that that you're starting that. So congrats on that for Thank sure. The other you. thing about your book, obviously, you know, we've talked about you know promoting that we're all the same, but acknowledging our differences as something positive, because I feel like too often, and you even mentioned this, you know, we get into that. Uh, mindset of colorblindness really too often thinking and the intention behind colorblindness is a a good thing I don't think it comes from a place of malintent but we've realized that when you say you're colorblind you're actually erasing the unique aspects of, of of somebody's identity so how were you personally able to find a balance between those two of acknowledging our differences while also acknowledging our similarities without erasing unique aspects of your identity well, I was, I was trying to sort of equate it to, or relate it to rainbows, you know, mm. it, like, you know, for our children to understand it, I was trying, there's a lot of rainbows in the book and, um, uh, Zoe did a beautiful job again with, with bringing those to life, um, was like, like, like a rain, like whenever we see a rainbow, right. It's just like, it's like so magical and unique and special. Like whenever you see a rainbow in the sky, everybody stops to look at the yeah, rainbow, absolutely. you know, and, and um, and, um, and it's special. So I, I was sort of like relating it to that. Like the, if we didn't have the rainbow of colors, we wouldn't have a rainbow, you know, and yeah. that is what makes us beautiful. Yeah. And when you see all these babies lined up, um, in a row, all the different colors, skin colors, it's so beautiful, you know? Um, so again, this, this is for our youngest readers, right? This is for ba- our babies and toddlers. So, um, and that, that is how I, I, um, I tried to articulate that also, you know, there's a page in there spread in there about how everybody is unique. I'll just read some of it. Yeah, please. Everybody's unique. Some are freckled, bald, short, or tall. Some teach, build, dance, or play ball. Some wear glasses, have beards, are wide or thin. Some make clean or cook, be a doctor or twin. Some have wheelchairs or scars or special Mm. needs. Some may not see and some may not speak, but all the differences all aglow make everybody special like a rainbow. So I'm trying, I tried to call out like all of the things like we, you know, kids are not just going. so inclusive. Yeah. Like we, with um, different colored skin, you know, we're going to school with kids with special needs and kids in wheelchairs. And so I was trying to, um, to uh 
to talk about those differences as well. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what our differences are because we are all the same inside. I love that. I love that. I don't it's know like, if I executed it. But no, like- <laughs> I'm sure you, I mean, just you reading that little part, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so inclusive and just, and loving. It comes from such a place of love. That's what I'm, I'm gathering from it. And I, I think that that's so important, but also that's the mom in you, right? Is, Everything you do is operating from a place wrote, of love. Look, I wrote it for Nico. Yeah. I wrote it for him. I didn't know that anybody would pick it up, right? Oh, I did. I had, I went to a couple different, you know, I got a, a few passes on it. So if, if it, if nobody wanted to, you know, publish the book, it was just going to be for him and to yeah. teach my own son. Yeah. Cute little rhyme um, and, and poem. Um, but now everybody, baby everybody gets, gets to, everybody gets to, I love that. And again, as I, as I said many, many times before, I just love that it's a children's book and it's a way to start because I do know that these conversations are very difficult to have. And I do know that a lot of parents shy away from having these conversations, but even in your own personal journey or even in conversations maybe you've had with other parents, why do you think it is so difficult for parents to talk about race and equality? And why do you think that they think that like young kids shouldn't be having those conversations? great question um I think they don't know what to say Mm. (laughs) I think they don't know what to say yeah I think that I think that everybody knows that not all kids have the same opportunities because of skin color and that is really really sad and it's hard to explain how do how do you explain that and and so I that's what I think I think I I I also think that (laughs) I want to keep this positive, but I think that we have a lot of racist people, obviously, in our in our country, in our world. And running so the country, that's unfortunately. Another, that's another yeah. piece of it. But yeah. I feel like for all of the parents out there who don't think classify themselves as racist, <laughs> I think that if they're not talking about it, it's because they don't know what to say. Mm. And 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 I was one I am one of those people. I feel like I I had to I that this this 2020, I was like, well, yep, I have some books that I should be reading, and I need to be learning. I I, I don't know what I don't know, yeah. and I can learn more. And I think we all need to be. I'm one of those people that I'm willing to be wrong. Hmm. Like I I um I know what I don't know, and um and I'm like eager to learn. So I think that as parents, we need to be open to whatever it is, learning about the new parenting method and learning about toxins and foods and learning how to talk to your kids about race. Yeah. We have to be open to learning. Um, that's what my podcast is about. It's it's called raising amazing. It's about raising the bar on ourselves as humans and as parents. So we can raise a next amazing generation. Yeah. Like turn the ship around. Absolutely. I think also it's, it's difficult to admit that you don't know something also. Because especially if you're raising a child, you have the sole responsibility to teach them and make them be a good human. If you don't know the answer to something, you never want your kid to think that, right? But I feel like there's a level of respect and admiration that will come if you say, hey, I don't know the answer. But then you can find it out together, you know? That's you can great. do that's, that. You can a, do that work together, that's you know? That's really great. You're, you're ahead of me in motherhood right that's great. i'm gonna use that <laughs> my my child is she's gonna be two. Oh, i thought you had an older 
other one, no? No, no, oh, my okay. first one. I, I'm a pandemic mom. Yeah. yeah. She's two going on 13, which I'm sure you know what that's like. So sweet. <laughs> yeah. But I was very, very lucky to have my mother's an educator. So like I one, I was always in school, like 24 seven, no matter what. But she was very, very um, open. And, you know, my dad let her lead a lot, but she's very open about everything with my sister and I growing up. So I feel like I, I was blessed in, in, in that to have her. And I'm imparting that on my daughter as well, just that education and those conversations at a very, very early age. That's so wonderful. It is. It's priceless. It It is priceless. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you have a responsibility, you know, and I think being humble and, and, and knowing when you don't know something, admitting when you're wrong, if everybody would take those steps and know that it's okay. I feel like people think that you have to be a perfect parent in that way. You have to be perfect for this, for this, but it's like, no, we're, we've, this is our first time being humans, right? (laughs) Like we're going through life trying to figure it out on a day-to-day basis. So we just have to give ourselves some grace with these situations. And raising humans. And yeah. 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 I don't, yeah. It's Who like, knows, right? Like it's your first time having a kid, like there's really no manual on how to do it because every kid's different. So you just have to take it a day, day-to-day for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Every day Googling something new. Yeah. <laughs> how do I do this? Google is a parent's best friend, except it's your worst friend. Also, if you're looking up symptoms, I don't oh recommend God. the worst in the middle of the night. Oh, the worst. The worst. My husband has had to be like, get off of the phone. She's fine. Yeah. I was like, but she has this. She has this. Right. We go crazy Googling things. It's it's very, very funny. Um. But over the last couple of years, you know, obviously the entire world is thrown into a frenzy because of the pandemic and also racial injustice. But even through the process of writing this book, over the last couple of years, what do you feel that you've learned about yourself? But also what have you learned about yourself when it comes to the work that you still need to do and will continue to do in terms of promoting racial equality? That's a great question. I mean, I, I do feel like it is that what I what I learned about myself was, oh, I wasn't reading books from black authors. Mm. I mean, I have, but I wasn't like seeking it out. You know, yeah. it wasn't like, that wasn't something that I w- was like, well, let me, let me dive more into this. I, I learned that about myself and, and, um, and, and I learned, I learned a lot. And, um, and now I, you know, like I said before, like, I, I know when I don't know something and I'm totally willing to be wrong mm-hmm. and, and do it better. Um, um, and, and I, I, I stand by that. Like, I just know that I still have a lot more to learn and I definitely 100% don't want to come across as a privileged, as a privileged white person, you know, <laughs> trying to, uh, uh, you know, make money off of George Floyd's or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like that is not it. Like that's, I wrote that on that day. Mm-hmm. I wrote this book on that day in that moment. Yeah. And it came from my heart because I hadn't at that point been very specifically teaching my child about our similarities and our differences. And I needed to. Mm. Yeah. So um, yeah, so this is one tiny part and, and I do, I have a whole lot more to learn. And I think when um, everybody un- understands that nobody knows everything and that we can all learn from each other and learn from each other's experiences. We're going to have a much more peaceful world. Couldn't agree more. I think that, 
your willingness to learn, um, to continue to do better and educate others. And again, using your platform to do that is so crucial. And I feel like if you have any form of an audience or any form of a following, you have to be speaking out about something. And so I love that this is what you chose to do. And um, I hope everyone goes out and gets your book. Can you let everyone know where they can get your book when it comes out and where they can follow you on social media as well? Yes, thank you. Um, It's called Everybody Has a Belly Button and you can get it Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, It's at Target, which I'm really excited about. Um, um, Books a Million, so all bookstores. Great. And um, you can follow me on social media at Serena Vincent, C-E-R-I-N-A Vincent. Um, and um, uh, the, the book has one as well. Everybody has a belly button. Um, we've gotten a lot of great um, endorsements from doctors and parents. And um, so uh, you can go there and, and, and read what everyone else thinks about it. Um, but most importantly, I just really hope that, um, I hope people do buy it because I, I think that it is a really sweet beginning to a much bigger conversation. Yes. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you have such a great energy about you, such a beautiful light. So thank you so you much. You see in me what you have in you. You have um, the same thing. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank And to the listeners, thank you for your weekly support of We Need to Talk. Make sure you like, comment, share, review, and most importantly, subscribe. Thank you to Stephen James, our theme song writer and producer. And remember, everything begins with a conversation.